Hello, and thank you all again for joining us for another episode of the Professional Pricing Society podcast. My name is Terrence, and we have a very informative conversation today with one of our PPS Euro 22 conference speakers. Very special guest today. Sidebar, just in case you are not aware, PPS is conducting their 17th annual European and Global Conference in Barcelona, Spain, this upcoming December 7th through the 9th. So if you still need to register, you can do that by visiting our website, priceandsociety.com forward slash PPS Euro 22. Our speaker today is Larissa Priachkova, who is the Chief Human Rights Officer at a company called Slave Free Trade International. And she'll be speaking with us about the best practices of B2B pricing. Uh, Ms. Larissa has held executive corporate roles in commercial excellence, strategy development, and sustainability. Her expertise lies in pricing and profitability management, pricing center of excellence setup, rebate management, and ethical pricing. Ms. Larissa, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, Terrence. Good to be here. Good, good. We're very excited to have you with us as well today. Now, we're going to just go ahead and jump into our conversation, thinking about pricing as a function. Where does this typically belong in an organization? Who who is responsible for owning this, this particular aspect of pricing as a function? Well, Terrence, if you look at the old classical marketing framework of four Ps, what we call it, right? Mm -hmm. So it is part of the marketing organization in the classical way. But things change very quickly. And now I think pricing as a function has evolved over time. So if pricing leaders must influence the long-term results of a firm while not impacting competitive advantage in the industry, and if the pricing leaders communicate with all the external and internal stakeholders in a firm to make sure everyone is well informed about the pricing and the strategy and what the pricing team is trying to do, how it performs to support commercial teams and overall strategy of the firm, I believe pricing for me is a standalone function at the C-suite level and not lost in finance, accounting, marketing, or sales in the classical setup. So for me, pricing is a standalone function that does require a very unique set of skills and training and capability development. Sure, sure, absolutely. Now, you know, thinking about capability development, as you, as you just mentioned, training, continuous learning in the pricing world, uh, of course, all those things, all those components are very crucial. Uh, but when does it stop? You have to kind of ask, your, ask yourself the question, when does it ever kind of stop? Well, actually, you know, it's good to be part of the Professional Pricing Society Conference in Barcelona this year. Yes. And that's really a confirmation that actually capability development, training, continuous learning in the pricing world never stops because mm. things are moving and, you know, always changing fast as the organization is maturing from cost plus to dynamic pricing. Servitization is a big topic now in the pricing world. Pricing folks must constantly learn, develop and grow. Mm. So what are pricing strategy frameworks and roadmaps that should be developed by various pricing strategies. Whatever you did a couple years ago, it's not the same this year. Look what's happening outside, you know, in, in the economy, inflation, turmoil, etc. So for me, that never, never stops. So can in-depth overview of these concepts and guidelines be provided while assessing, you know, the bottom line impact of these initiatives in a firm? 
it's one, you know, one year is one strategy. Next year, you should be really, really agile and adopt another strategy. So hence, you have to work on your capability development, training and continuous learning in the pricing world. Another big question for the pricing folks always, can the firm sustain competitive advantage by applying various pricing strategies, pricing models, and by creating and selling products with improved pricing strategies that could sustain the economic profit long-term. So, mm -hmm. and to answer those types of questions, you need to focus constantly on your capability development, training, continuous learning, and hence you always have to come to professional pricing society and work on your certification and keep your skill set and knowledge up to date. Fully agree with you. And as you mentioned, you know, capability development, training, continuous learning, none, none of these components ever stop. You know, it's an ongoing process just because pricing in itself is, is continually changing and evolving with the, with the changing times. Um, now, when you speak about capabilities, what exactly are the key capabilities, you know, in order to be a very successful pricing leader in today's, today's world? Well, for me, first and foremost is passion, passion, and one more time, passion about pricing. Sure, sure. You absolutely have to be passionate about pricing. You either love it or you hate it, yeah? But once you love it, you're stuck in it for the rest of your life. And um, another big thing that pricing family is a very small family, very focused because it's very unique, right? So all, all the things that you need to do in pricing and how you take it to the next level. So what are the key capabilities? Just uh, some of you, um, you know, already know them, but I would like to add a couple additional ones because things are changing, you know, price setting and price getting. For me, price getting, it's, you know, for your commercial teams, really to take your guidance from the pricing folks and go out to the market and get that price, right? So for me, if you if you just, what I call them, volume junkies, you just go out there. Anybody can be a volume junkie, just go and sell the volume. But when you start adding the value piece to it, wow, then it's really you demonstrating your capabilities as a you know, successful price getter, yeah? With the support sure. of price setter, you know, the pricing department. So Price getting, price setting, very, very important. Another sure. thing that I'm working with a lot of folks and, uh, you know, when I teach at the universities, another big thing is pricing process. So that's mm. a very important capability because what I'm hearing more and more weak processes are in place, lack of ownership. People don't really know where pricing process sits, whether it's part of the sales process, whether it's part of the integrated uh, business planning or either either it's part of the order to cash process. So a lot of questions and then there's no one clear answer. Mm -hmm. So you really need to see you know, what, what the industry is, what the product is, what the service is and really step back and say, okay, where my pricing process sits in my organization. So, and again, in order to understand and own an end-to-end process, because there are so many silos and you're losing value as you go from one silo to the other. So that capability of really owning and understanding the pricing process is very, very, very important. Yeah. Sure, sure. Next thing, Terrence, is very important is really uh, how do you get all your stakeholders in the organization to get the right level of decision support? Because you're constantly, you know, leaving money on the table. So, and again, 
It's all about the integrated approach, agile approach, really adjusting and really getting your decision support at the right level, the right time. So then you, you, know, you maximize your value. The next big thing, what I hear and what I see really um, dealing with various folks out there in the industries, um, data, data hygiene, pricing impact polluted with other factors, you know, and so you're not, hence you're not getting the right pricing decision. So it's a very important capability, data, data knowledge, data ownership, da data cleansing, organization, data dictionary. So those are very important capabilities and you need, you know, constant mm -hmm. development around that topic. Mm -hmm. uh, another one, Terrence, that uh, comes to mind is really lack of understanding of customer value drivers. You know, you don't really sit down and take the time to map out all the key value drivers for your customers and clients. And, and it does require special capability to deal with that. The next one I would like to talk about, you know, we are becoming digital. Everything is digital. What it takes my 12-year-old son to do in five minutes, it takes me a couple hours to figure out, right? So digital skill set. It's becoming more and more important in the pricing world, you know, the pricing softwares, implementation challenges, et cetera, et cetera. So digitization, digitalization in the pricing world is absolute must. And because things are changing so quickly, technologies are developing, you continuously need to work on those capabilities and really um, master that and take it to the next uh, level. A uh, couple other things to note here for our listeners. Um, sustainability is becoming a big topic in the pricing mm -hmm. world as well, mm -hmm. because what we're running um, research around and you know a lot of surveys with the real companies, we're trying to understand whether the consumers are really prepared to pay more for a sustainable product or service or less and how they're really taking it within their firms. And uh, hence, it's very important where pricing organization is sit in terms of, you know, organizational savvy, how it is organized, how it is ingrained in the organization. And hence, you do need to understand this organizational ecosystem. And hence, you need to get that capability of, you know, mapping your organizational um, ecosystem in your organization, you know, in the right way. So it's very important. Okay. Wow. That was a... That was a, a great amount of gems there, great amount of insightful pieces that kind of go into the capabilities of a, of a successful pricing leader. Now, when you think about those capabilities, you know, data hygiene, being value-driven, digitalization, would those contribute to what you would consider to be the best form of a pricing organization? Absolutely. There are new forms of pricing organizations evolving. So that's what we see in reality, you know, running the research and working closely with many organizations. So it's not anymore this, um, you know, old way of hierarchical approach or central pricing, totally disconnected organization. So you, you're really looking at, um, you know, integrated forms of pricing organizations um, out there. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's really important um, to look at your organization and the form that should produce the most optimal pricing conclusions and results 
for the organization, right? So during my workshop in Barcelona, we'll be talking about real case study from a real company that um, I helped set up the pricing center of excellence, what we call COE. Hmm. What is a C pricing COE? It's a center team, you know, central team of skilled employees that provide um, shared resources, best practices, expert knowledge and skills to make data processing easier while changing the skill set and capabilities. It enables a digital way of working that contributes to long-term growth and value vision of the company. So we will be talking this particular case study um, that had three teams within the center of excellence okay. uh, for pricing. One was this on the project management because we're constantly looking at new technologies and pricing softwares, right? So we, you do need a very strong project management drive in the organization. And there are two types of project management that this particular company dealt with in pricing. One type of project management, when you deal with the software implementation, that's a you know gate approach, right? So traffic lights and how you're really going through different gates on the project management and, and how you value your process and progress. And then there is another project management that this particular company adopted. That was the Agile Scrum methodology. And that's a two-week, three-week quick wins implementations right under the Agile approach. So it's, it's a new thing out there. And it works very well for the pricing team as well for very smaller types of uh, projects, quick wins and quick reactions, right, to, to what we need. So that's one team on the Center of Excellence. The second team is um, the process team. So that that team will be dealing with, or was dealing for, in this particular case, um, the real case study. So process team is really mapping out end-to-end -end the whole pricing process where it sits. So really eliminating all the silos, automating things along the line of this process where you have the repetitive tasks. We used um, RPA uh, creation, that's a robotic automation technology, right? RPAs, mm -hmm. automation. Also chatbots for certain things when the customers come in. So you don't have to really repetitively um, pick up the phone or answer email, whatever. So we also call chatbots. We set up throughout this team uh, to improve the process and also some AI uh, solutions that sit in this team also to help the process be you know, more robust, agile, fast. And the third team in the center of excellence for pricing that we set up was data and reporting team. So the data team, is really creating the dictionary glossary rules for data cleansing management of the master data and then translate it into the reporting KPIs um, linked to the you know uh, pricing software etc so there are new forms out there so it's very important to really step back and say okay is our pricing organization fitting fit for mm -hmm. you know purpose for the future is it really sustainable um, and and um, whether we need to do something different here around that. And we have a clear case study to go over it. Mm, mm, okay, good, good. Yes, yeah, so that, that would be a solid solid evaluation um, of what the best form of a pricing organization is. So thank you for clarifying that. And now let's switch gears a little bit. Um, can you tell me what exactly is ethical pricing? Why exactly is it important to know about? 
Well, today, you know, in today's world, as you, you, you know, and everybody knows, you know, we're dealing with a lot of pressure um, on the results, on the bottom line, value creation, inflation, you know, supply chain, inventory challenges. So a lot of companies, a lot of leadership could, you know, fall into the really uh, unethical way of um, making the, you know, the decisions around what they're trying to do when they're trying to achieve or to reach that goal, right? So a lot of pressure. So it is human nature. And so we just need to make sure that we do not forget about ethical pricing aspect. We do things right. So we must get ahead of pricing ethics. We must look up the, you know, code of conduct. We must look at certified fair prices, you know, fair play, um, privacy challenges, you know, regulation, governance, because you can fall into really false trap, unethical decision, you know, making or drive because, you know, you have a pressure from the top to get to a certain uh, target, you know, in these very um, difficult um, times these days. So ethical pricing, there are twofold. One, when you look at um, you know ethical decisions and ethical strategies in in under very very difficult conditions, and the second thing when you add some mission pricing to your strat pricing strategy, um, and we'll have a real case study um, from a great company um, uh, in Bangkok um, that deals with um, you know high. Um, valued seeds for their plantations, right? So, and uh, when um, this particular uh, consultancy came in and did the work for them, um, you know, the recommendation was to come and increase prices at 20%. Well, because of this strategy and this ethical pricing, mission pricing that this particular seeds company has, the conclusion was to go and only increase pricing with the farmers at 2% versus what was recommended right under the calculation, uh, 20%. Um, because of this ethical mission-driven pricing, because, the, you know, they believe in a very high value of seeds, you know, the quality of seeds, and that relationship with the customers um, uh, that are very important. So, and also the farmers. So that's the whole circle there. So we will go through the details of this real case study to, to understand uh, what was behind that particular decision, right? Going 2% price increase and not 20 as recommended by the calculations. So it's, it's really amazing. It's a, also a very important topic coming up more and more, um, social sustainability. Uh, I am the you know chief human rights officer at the Slave Free Trade. We're mapping out um, a complete supply chain of, of many clients of ours to understand where they have, um, you know, slave uh, labor along the line of their supply chain, where they have their um, child labor, how the human rights framework is positioned and how it's translating into the pricing, right? So what are the consumers looking for? So very important topic. And um, um, I also teach my students that as a fundamental science of pricing, never compromise your ethics, always make sure that you get ahead of your pricing ethics in your daily lives and daily jobs. Okay, that was amazing. I appreciate your insightful knowledge about ethical pricing and just, you know, kind of expounding on the best practices, you know, centered around B2B pricing. Miss Larissa Kriachkova.
I uh, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for being with us and just allowing us to be, you know, fed with your with your pricing knowledge and insightful information. Now, if you don't mind, do you mind sharing with the listeners where they can find any more of your information that you may have, any more of your resources anywhere? Well, I am on LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn. So I have publications and also other interesting postings that I have around pricing. And um, also, you know, check check us out on Slave Free Trade. Uh, we just went live with an um, Up Up chocolate customer in Scotland. That's the first chocolate producer that we mapped out that has zero slave a labor, um, you know, in their supply chain. So in the cocoa farm that produces um, uh, that raw material for these particular companies in Colombia. And uh, so that's also quite interesting how it is also impacting the pricing and things like that. So you can also see that um, in, in on our site, you know, Slave Free Trade and mm -hmm. also in uh, social media. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Until next time, bye-bye.